I have a background in sales, but at the end of the day, um, I used to tell my you know people when I ran sales teams that think of yourself as not a salesperson, think of yourself as a solutions person. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Chris Rowland of South Shore Real Producers. He is a trade and brand magazine publisher. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. So is that your brand behind you, Real Producers? It is. That's my brand uh, for, uh, yeah, South Shore Real Producers. Tell me about it. Yeah, so, you know, South Shore Real Producers, I just... um, I just took over the magazine. It, it is a magazine. I, I and I hate to generalize it just as a magazine, but at the end of the day, um, I look at it as more of a community um, um, that's made up of a few things. So, number one is it is a magazine. There's a printed magazine that is um, mailed to the top 300 least South Shore real producers. Um, is mailed to the top 300 agents in uh, the South Shore. Uh, primarily how we come about those agents is we look at the MLS and we know uh, we know their 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 volume and their number of transactions and we know that there are a lot of realtors doing great things out there but at the end of the day um, this magazine is kind of geared towards the top 300 that are out there doing the majority of the transactions in in the South Shore. Um, is that, that kind of like Pareto's principle like it's the 2080 rule the 8020 rule is that about. It's funny. It's funny you say that because in my life, in my career, you know, I was introduced to that a while ago, and then I was like, "Is it really? Could that really possibly be, you know, a principle that applies to so many things?" And it really does. I mean, and you've probably run into that many times. That uh, it really is like twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of their volume, or twenty percent of the volunteers do eighty percent of the work as a volunteer. Um, if you really give or take a few points, it's usually right around there. And uh, there's about, believe it or not, there's like 5,300 licensed realtors in the South Shore, um, which means they've, you know, they've taken the class, they've taken the test, they have their paper, they're hanging it somewhere. But um, of the, of the, of the 5,300 or so, the top 300 do 85% of the transactions. Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of the, you know, the, the sweet, the secret sauce of real producers is work really focusing on these top realtors because they're doing the majority of the business. That's not saying that anyone else is out, not out there doing what they want to do in real estate. I mean, some people do it part-time, some people do it, you know, supplement their income, but these are the true legends, real estate professionals of the South shore. Um, they're making it happen every single day. And they, you know, that's what they do. It's kind of their, it's their jam. It's their, it's their focus. So there's about one thing about real producers that a lot of people may not know if they run into the magazine. And most of the time you wouldn't, unless you're a top producer or a preferred partner of these realtors or somebody who gets the pass along version of the, of the magazine, um, or maybe even a small, um, 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 a, a rising star who uh, is coming up and, and working towards that top, you know, echelon of real estate. But if you uh, run into it, you, you're looking at a magazine that's published in over 100 markets across the United States. 
Some have been around a little longer than others. Um, so they're a little more mature than say South Shore, which has only been publishing for about six months or so. But um, it, uh, it, it's definitely a great brand. It's part of a media company, N2 Publishing, who publish a lot of other community books, but it's very focused on real estate professionals. And in the other markets, it's, it's very well received and I'm excited about um, taking over as the publisher and owner of this magazine, so. That's cool. So, so you've probably met a lot of these th 300 real producers by now then. I've met a good amount of them. I mean, my goal, I've spoken with a lot of them. Um, some of them, um, some of them I've, I've run into through, you know, you know, as, as some of you may know, or Mark, you know, my wife, Cody is one of these top 300 realtors. Um, it's just kind of serendipitous that I kind of fell into this magazine as a, a, a experienced publishing guy and just so happens to be married to a realtor who does very well and by that I mean works very hard and has a number of you know a lot of transactions each year and helps a lot of people with their real estate needs but um, before I took over the magazine I knew a, a number of the uh, realtors and even some of our preferred partners so it, it it's kind of it was kind of almost like serendipitous when I when I was introduced to the magazine because it kind of brings my experience, you know, I have a 30 year career in media beginning with print and uh, bringing that to the table and of my own magazine and not somebody else's project. It's um, it's exciting stuff and it also kind of falls right into my wheelhouse. So, but yeah, I've met a lot of the realtors. So tell me more about that and we'll get back to the realtors themselves in a second. Tell me more about that. So what's your background in media when you say you've got a background in media? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And it's kind of cool at the same time. Uh, you know, to, to make a long story short, I mean, I've been in media, primarily media and marketing for 30 years. I, I graduated from um, Texas Tech University with a degree in advertising. It's where I met Cody originally. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, want, I thought I was going to be a creative director at an agency. I was a copywriter and I was working in creative um, on the ad club team for the for Texas Tech. And ultimately, I really thought that was going to happen. So I started looking at agencies in Dallas and some of the cities, uh, major cities in Texas and other areas of the country. And I, I had moved to Dallas after graduation. And one of my buds from college had gone to work for a newspaper group, uh, Bilo, who owned the D Dallas Morning News and they owned some other properties. And he said, hey, you know, we're hiring, you know, we're hiring um, salespeople, media salespeople. And I had had a hard time finding a gig um, thinking, you know, creative. And, you know, I really I really give him a lot of credit. It's my friend Steve, because he he said, come over and talk to talk, talk to these guys. And I came over and I, I learned that, you know, there's opportunity to be creative, but also work with customers and represent a brand. And there's something I don't know, it just got into my blood early on, you know, print just kind of got into my blood back then there really wasn't, this is going to date me, but there really wasn't a ton of digital marketing. I don't even, there was no internet. Um, and newspapers and magazines were the, yeah, we rubbed sticks together to start fires, you know, no. Uh, we had to break out the papyrus to write things down. Um, no, and all kidding aside, it was, it was cool. And kind of so got, got into you it. Got, you got to actually be creative with your clients, but from a different <laughs> lens, right? So you got to be the, be the sales person to help them create the vision right exactly it's funny that you know all this time they call you media salesperson or media sales manager or media sales 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 but 
And look, I'm, I embrace the fact that, you know, I have a background in sales, but at the end of the day, um, I used to tell my, you know, people when I ran sales teams that think of yourself as not a salesperson, think of yourself as a solutions person. And by that, I mean, ask a lot of good questions, really show empathy and care for your customers, understand what they're trying to accomplish and see how you would fit, how your, your expertise and your product and what you're offering is can help them get there. And I've kind of run my business, my life that way all this time, and it's served me pretty well. Um, uh, I, I developed a pretty good reputation in media in the Texas Dallas area, and I got uh, introduced to a guy who was starting a magazine in Fort Worth, Texas, called the Fort Worth Weekly. It was arts and entertainment. I thought I was going to want to work for these big media companies because thought that was the way to go, you know. But quickly, I realized that I had entrepreneurial spirit as well, so I jumped off the Gannett, I mean, the, the Belo ship and started this magazine with this guy in this old house in Fort Worth and everyone thought I was crazy. And, um, and I was a young guy and I was doing a lot of great things. So um, with that company, but it was the greatest thing I ever did only because it showed me the way to be more entrepreneurial and build something that wasn't already built. And so I built that up and um, eventually left that magazine. Then I worked for a couple more in Texas. Then I got the call from a guy in Las Vegas who was looking for someone to come in and kind of build another magazine. He'd heard what I did in Dallas and wanted to talk to me. And uh, long story short is I ended up, we ended up in Vegas. So um, pretty crazy. I'd only been to Vegas once in my life and um, went there one time and decided let's do it. It looks like an adventure. And Cody's been great all this time because she's always supported my business, my career. And it's funny enough, she built a real estate business in Vegas that was pretty, pretty substantial at the time as well. Um, and this was the late 90s, early 2000s. And so, yeah, so in 2002, I was you know running this magazine, running really hard. I, I built this thing. I mean, from nothing. I mean, not me. I shouldn't say I, my team, through my leadership. I mean, I always look at things as we. There are a lot of people involved in that. When I moved there, it was a very small magazine. I didn't know anybody in Vegas. And by the time, you know, I left Vegas, it, it was it was a highly successful magazine. It still exists today called Las Vegas Weekly. And um, I was on top of the world, and I thought, in a lot of ways, you know, I had a lot of friends, a, a lot of a lot of people knew who I was. I was making, I was successful, but I was running really, really hard. And you know, it would just happen to be this random Sunday which is funny because for Vegas, Sunday is usually not a big go-go day for stuff going on. And I was on my way uh, to have dinner with a friend from Dallas who came to the city um, on the strip. And um, I was um, in a really bad car wreck and uh, it was not my fault. Um, I was hit head on by um, a, dr a drunk driver huh. and it, uh, it, uh, I almost didn't survive. So uh, you know, I broke a lot of bones in my body and, and it, it took me a long time to recover. And it was kind of almost like, I hate to say it. I hope people don't ever have to have this, but it was a, it was a really hard reset of, of my life, you know, like uh, made me kind of look at things differently. And I, uh, I realized that the other, a lot more important things than just being successful in business um, and being known and, you know, being that guy. And, uh, so I left the media company and I was looking for what I was going to do. 
Um, I started working with a friend of mine to help with her marketing company. And about that time, uh, I got a call from a publisher in New York City, uh, which is so crazy um, to think. But um, I had heard, some, they had heard about me, and it's kind of a theme. They had heard about me. They were looking for someone to come and take over a magazine in Manhattan called New York Press. It had been there a long time. And, uh, but they had just bought it from the original owners, and they needed someone to publish it and kind of fix it. So I don't know, the timing was kind of right to get out of Vegas. And I'm thinking New York, New York could be a great challenge. And again, Cody went with me and the kids went with me and it was, it was interesting. It was a learning experience. Manhattan, you know, it was a very unique place. It was a lot of work. You're always under the microscope there, especially in media. So, you know, two years there was enough. Um, we had some fun. I had some family there. So it was good to be able to rekindle some relationships there. And I look at this too, Mark, like every, every move, every decision you make is a learning experience. Some of them are amazing, like really positive. And some of them are learning experiences that don't do that again, or it's not quite the right fit, but you learn from it. And New York was kind of that way for me um, and the family. And fortunately we knew people in Boston, who um, I was connected with, with Boston Magazine and that group. And once again, they kind of tapped me to come in and, and help with um, a couple of their magazines. And I ended up um, getting an offer to move to Boston. And we've been here now uh, 17 years. We've been in Marshfield for 16 years. And um, it's been a great move for us. Our, I mean, the longest place we've ever lived since, since Texas. And you know, it's our home now. I mean, we're very committed to where we live, the South Shore, the town of Marshfield. And um, so coming full circle back to real producers, I've worked with a number of media companies from all over the country. And now ultimately I'm back servicing small, mid-sized businesses and real estate agents and helping them, you know, build a community that you know, lets them work with each, I mean, they primarily work with each other anyway, and partners work with them as well. And everyone's working towards a common goal, which is finding, helping people find their every their forever home or finding the best place to live and doing it with the best people that behind them so they can get it with, you know, the right property for the right price with the right process and doing all that. And I think Real Producers kind of puts us all, it puts all that into one community that continues to work together so you work a little smarter instead of harder so help me understand the community so you have the top 300 producers based on your metrics and then you have the sponsors the the uh advertisers if you will yeah and you bring them together in events as well yeah so i'll give you the unique um the unique community that I'm talking about when I talk about real producers. So we have the monthly magazine. We've talked about that. It's mailed to the top 300 realtors plus um, brokers and um, uh, certain brokers and uh, partner preferred partners is what I'd call them that support the magazine and support the community through advertising. And I like to call it a, a seat at the table, right? A sponsored seat at the table. So the, I like analogies. I'm a big analogy guy, sometimes to a fault. But the analogy I really like to use for this, because I think I like visual things, um, 
is that think of a table, a large table like King Arthur's table, a huge table, and there's 300 seats, and those those are reserved for um, the top 300 producers. Then they're going to sit at the table every every month because they've earned that seat at the table as a top producer. And then there's another block of, t of, of seats that are there for the preferred partners who are sponsoring that seat. They, um, you know, they earned a membership at that seat because they've been referred to me by those top 300 agents or, or uh, uh, brokers. And I've approached them and said, hey, you've been referred to me. Um, you know, these, guys, these realtors believe you're one of the top at your, what you do. And we want, we would like to, you know, recommend you to Chris to have a seat at this table with us. And so certain, certain partners, you know, do that. And then um, that's it. And so you have this, you have this table and nobody else can earn a spot at that table unless you're a top 300 realtor or you're a referred preferred partner. Um, every month you have a seat at that table at the magazine, but then every quarter, and with COVID, it's been a little tough because of uh you know to have events because of covid obviously but we're coming out of that and i'm excited to say that we're going to be doing our first real producers event very soon and we basically do a quarterly event um, as part of this community we bring together the partners we bring together the top 300 realtors and producers and we put them somewhere fun um there's drinks there's food there's there's talk there's banter there's entertainment and it's really not meant to be a sales event or um, seminar or any of those types of things it's really just building relationship between those top 300 realtors because they're doing most of the business together anyway and then the partners that serve them so and they need to be able to collaborate with one another and be able to put together deals that are less than you know, obstructionist, right? So put these people in the room together, create a community of exclusivity, and they will abundantly work better together. Exactly. And then when you know more about people, I mean, I've recently, as I've gone out and met with all the realtors that I've met with, and I'm continuing, if any of the, you know, top three in a realtors are listening to this, I, I'd love for them to reach out to me if I haven't met with them. Um, you know, it's really important that uh, they know me and they know the magazine, but also, and the brokers as well, because they're probably, some of them are probably getting it and saying, well, why do I get this magazine? Or they might know, but um, it's really important them to know that it's for them. It's about them for them, which not a lot of media is, is like that. It's, it's a positive medium. Um, it's niche. It's very targeted and positive. And as a lot of people know, you know, traditional media is less than that. Yeah. So, you know, it's not targeted and it's not super positive. So at the end of the day, I mean, it's cool to put something together like that, but um, we, we, we want them to know something about each other. That's not just, Hey, I know, saw you, you had that listing at so-and-so street. It's, Hey, I saw that you're, you know, you grew up, you know, in Texas, but you're now living in Massachusetts and you're passionate about knitting or whatever, because then you know about them. And then when you call them, you have things to talk about versus just, you know, transactions and media, I mean, uh, real estate. So that's pretty cool because I wasn't a hundred percent sure I understood the model before you explained it right there. Now mm -hmm. they're doing this all over the country, right? You're not the only real producer. You have a regional target, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's actually in this region, just in Boston, there's two. So there's a North Shore Real Producers uh, that is owned by a gentleman up there. And then South Shore Real Producers here. And then there's others across the country. Um, it was originally started in um, Indianapolis um, by uh, one of the uh, a publisher of another magazine out there who thought that you know, there's these community magazines that are published and a lot of realtors, even to this day, will run ads in those in those community magazines because those magazines are geared to the residents and the community that they that those magazines serve. And so realtors want to reach buyers and sellers that way. But he had this thought, what if we had a magazine that was about realtors for realtors, but only the top realtors who do business together and it will narrow the gap of, uh, of of community for those people like they become friendlier and knowledgeable about each other and they work with each other and you know you run into them over and over again and then you see that you're all part of this club basically that of top producers and he tried it out there and it was a it was a massive success so expanding that across the country has been part of their thing over the last six years five years or so and um What's really cool is you have that national presence, but what's really, really cool is it's super hyper-local. Um, you won't see a Boston realtor in my book and you won't see a North Shore realtor in my book. You won't see, you know, someone that's South Coast per se. It's really um, the communities of the South Shore and, and the realtors that, that focus here, so. It's a really cool concept when you really boil it down to what you're doing is creating community, right? Because these folks think they may know each other based on their brand persona or what their marketing materials are or how they've been perceived in other transactions, but to, to put them face-to-face, belly-to-belly and allow them to collaborate and work well. I always, I always refer to, uh, to counterparties, right? We're not competitors, we're counterparties or, or coopetition. Like we're, we're cooperating, not competing, right? I think it's so cool. And I, and I hope that you have amazing success and, and have a bunch of people coming to the quarterly events. So tell us what a quarterly event would look like. Yeah, so it's pretty um, exciting in a way. You know, a lot of people, I mean, fortunately, some people have been in places where there's a step and repeat. You know, you're coming in, you're honored. You're honored to be there because you're part of the you're part of the community, right? And it's invite only. Um, typically, it's someplace really neat, um, really great location. I'm looking personally. I mean, I've seen others that have been, you know, at bars or restaurants or other places. But we have so many unique, cool locations here on the South Shore. You know, I I you know I look at Marshfield because I'm in Marshfield. But you look at great places like Rexicana Backyard or you look at Island Creek Oyster Bar um, Farm at the farm or someplace like that in Duxbury, but there's some other great places down in Plymouth or in Situate Harbor. And we look for some really cool cool venues um, depending on the time of year. And the goal is to bring everyone together, invite everyone, um, have them in the room. Typically uh, there are partners there, prefer partners there as well. And um, there's, there's gift bags and there's cocktails and there's food and there's just networking and maybe a couple words by me or a couple words by a preferred partner that's there. And um, really just a celebration of being 
being in that business business. It's one of the coolest businesses, I think, um, out there. You know, there's you, you, you're not only are you, um, you know, real estate is one of those things that my father-in-law always says is like buy real estate because they're not making any more. And, uh, you know, there's a finite amount of homes and land and things like that. And there's a lot of uniqueness to it. There's a lot of personalization to it over the years. You know, in this community, there's houses that were built in the 1600s that still stand and people live in them. But there's also houses that were built last year. And um, it's really just like finding that perfect place for people to call home for their families and for themselves. And like that rite of passage of being, you know, American is being able to own land and own property and part of our freedoms. And I think, you know, we bring people together to celebrate this business, but also, you know, allow them to like communicate and catch up. A lot of these realtors and partners, um, they're running hard and, you know, and now we're really, really in the go-go days where your accessibility, everyone's on call all the time, cell phones and text messages and emails and Zoom. And, you know, you can't hide that much anymore, anymore. So, you know, having a chance to stop, take a breath, enjoy, you know, enjoy some good weather and food and drink with your fellow uh, realtors is few and far between. So we try to make it fun, try to make it low pressure and make it something that they want to take some of their hard-earned time, free time to come and do, so. Cool, that's cool. So if you're explaining to a preferred partner the benefits of, of joining the team, help me understand what those would be. Yeah, so, you know, I've talked to a few of my partners and I've asked them this question. I mean, I have some, you know, I have some assumptions or some verbiage about how this could be beneficial to a preferred partner but right from um, some of my partners mouses it's having a seat at the table and i know that's funny because i use that analogy but that's exactly what one of my preferred partners said is it's being in in the community um you know and being able to connect with influential top producing agents and knowing that's who you're going to be around i mean how many times is uh you know as a as a partner or a business gone to a networking event that's, um, and this is nothing against Chamber of Commerce or against professional organizations like Board of Realtors or stuff. They all serve their purpose and they do great. I'm a member of both. So, and I highly believe in like chambers and things like that, but you walk in a room, you really don't know who's in that room. Um, you don't know who's got, you know, the opportunity to work with you or has a need or needs, you know, works with um, the best you know, lenders or the best attorneys or the best roofers or what have you. Um, and how do they cultivate lucrative relationships with those people? Um, you know, it's, it's hard to understand. It's, it's a struggle. And, and through real producers, our partners get constant exposure through the magazine. So every month there's a touch there, there's, a, there's eyeballs on that. Um, and then, you know, it's like the culmination, you're kind of top of mind because that magazine's there and I've walked into offices and seen my magazine laying there. So I know it's got shelf life people looking at it and reading it. I've heard realtors say they read it cover to cover. They look to see who who's going to be on that cover and they're excited for those people because they're all winners and they want other people to win. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's hard. It, all the hard work's done. By the time they get to the quarterly event, they, um, they walk, the partners walk in and all the realtors that they work with or the ones they'd like to work with are standing there and they get the opportunity to just meet them and have a conversation, so. 
That's cool. That's really cool. Um, so I've seen you in the moments of karaoke. <laughs> the main question. Yes, you have. So I have a question that yes. is unique to you is, will you ever have karaoke at one of these events? You know, man, I love that idea. I'm going to write that down right now. Let me write that down right now. I think that would be an amazing, because I think interactive stuff is key. You know, like people talk enough. It's sometimes it's fun just to sing and have some fun. I think that'd be a really cool idea. So I think there's I was, a couple of places we could do that out here. I was uh, recently at a retreat and, um, and we made our way into what I would say was the most excitable karaoke bar I've ever experienced. <laughs> and it was full crowd singing along with everybody who was singing, cheering them all on, which is what it's all about, right? It's not about sitting back in your critical way, thinking, you know, I think they missed the, the key on that one. You know, yeah. it's, it's that support, that oxytocin. I've never experienced quite like that. I would think that the real producers would do that with one another. Yeah, well, I just, I mean, I'm already, the wheels are turning because I can just see, you know, everyone wanting to get up and sing their songs in the, and again, it's a very positive, successful group of people in one room. And, you know, those people tend to cheer on people and encourage people. So I could just totally see it turning into this, like a blast, or, like to have a karaoke, real producers karaoke night. And, um, you know, I think that'd be amazing, actually. Great idea, Mark. So what were you saying that night? So I knew you were going to go down this road because um, you and I have done karaoke together and I'm looking forward to getting back to those days. Uh, I'm assuming the bars are starting to open again. So I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to my opportunity to uh, get back up and, and sing. Um, you know, my go-to songs really kind of depend on my mood. I, I tend, I've tried some other songs, but you know, if it, it's either going to be probably the dance by George Strait if I'm feeling homesick uh, for Texas, or if I'm just chilling and laid back, I, I've, you know, I've been able to pull that song off pretty well. Did Garth um, Brooks cover that? Yeah. Garth Brooks. Yeah. Oh, see, I thought that was his original. I didn't know George. Oh, Strait. wait, no, you're right. It's not George Strait. It's Garth Brooks. Sorry. Gosh, oh, I, should be, right. I should be kicked out of Texas for saying you wanna, that. You want to do it again? So, so what would yeah. be your go-to song then, Chris? Yeah. So it, my go-to, go-to, uh, karaoke song would de really depends on my mood. It's either going to be the dance by Garth Brooks, um, if I'm feeling homesick or laid back, um, or honestly, most of the time I want to be sedated by the Ramones um, is my go-to because I think I've sung that in, in, in your presence before. Yeah. It just gets me excited. I, I have fun singing it. The, the audience responds, and I love the Ramones. I'm, I'm in addition to, you know, liking my roots of country and Texas Texas music and other types of music. I, I'm an old school punk rocker and the Ramones are, you know, some of the godfathers of punk. So I um, love that song. So how important on a scale of one to 10 is music in your life? Pretty important. Like, I think I'm one to 10, 10. Really? Like pretty important. It's up there. I mean, maybe not 10. I mean, there are a lot of things that are important, but music, a world without music would be a pretty terrible place. I think that I don't know, I've been very fortunate that, you know, I'm the type of person that listens to all kinds of music. If you pulled up my, my iTunes or my uh, Spotify, you would hear everything from classical music to punk rock um, with country, bluegrass, and 
you know, electronic in between. And I, I really, really love, you know, great music and the people that put it on. And I especially love to around here, especially, I mean, we've been really fortunate with um, the emergence of, Le of Levitate Music Festival and some of the other types of music that we have around the South Shore um, to be able to see those types of shows on a regular basis. But it's been tough through COVID, but I think it's exciting that live music's coming back and some of our friends in live music here are coming back. So it's it's pretty up there. I mean, I, I don't think there's a time I'm in my car, I'm not listening to music. It keeps me calm, keeps me centered. And, you know, in my kitchen when I'm cooking, listening to music, this really depends on what I'm up to, what I listen to, but I have a pretty eclectic, uh, eclectic taste of music. Nice, large catalog. Pretty large. Um, pretty large. It's pretty crazy when you get the, you know, you get the recommendations from uh, Spotify, you, you would be sitting in my car and going, how, why is that recommended? Well, it's probably because I listened to some, uh, you know, Beethoven two days ago, but I listened to H2O punk rock the day after that. So are you engaging with Spotify? So it understands you? Are you harding the songs that you like? I do. So that's probably why uh, they recommend. And it's so funny when they, when you get to a certain point with the recommendations, how, how, how many songs I heart, you know, in the car. I'm like, I got the big car screen on. It's like, bam, heart, bam, heart, bam. I love it, love it, love it. I'm like, you know, they got me. They think they get, they got me, so. Well, they do, and you've you've submitted to them, right? I mean, you want to hear what you want to hear. I love when they recommend something I've never heard, and I'm like, wow, they know me. Absolutely, and I discover a lot of great music. I find myself texting, not while I'm driving, but texting when I get home. Uh you know, you can text a song to somebody if they have Spotify, they can right. look it up. They can listen to it. And I'll hear a bluegrass band, which I love good, solid bluegrass and blues. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll get a, I'll go, who are these people? And then I'll listen to more of them. And then they end up being, you know, getting into my playlist. And I probably would have never known about them if Spotify wouldn't have recommended them. So that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Most important question of the day. If someone wants to get in touch with you or one of the preferred partners wants to get more involved, how do they get in touch with you? Um, it's pretty simple. They can call me at 617-820-3961. Um, they can also reach me at by email. Um, they can text me as well. I know a lot of people like to text. Um, and just really all I'd be looking for is a 15-minute conversation to just chat with them, especially you know, realtors, um, I'm, I'm really wanting to just get to know them and understand their story because they, they make up the content of the magazine. And then um, for the partners, it's really just uh, talking to them about their business, their goals. And, you know, if they, you know, if they would like to earn a seat at the table around these top 300 realtors, um, and if it makes sense to them, and it's a simple conversation about that. But I'm really earnestly interested in learning about the entire ecosystem of the real estate world here on the South Shore. Um, so I'm always open to a conversation. It's no big deal. It's just a simple conversation. And the other thing I would look for, they could, I'm sorry, they could reach me is my um, email, which is Chris, C-H-R-I-S dot Roland, uh, R-O-H-L-A-N-T at realproducersmag.com, all one word. So you all heard that, but if you go down into your show notes, Thomas will have those for you as well, because Thomas is the best. And when you guys want to come and use the studio, you got to get in touch with Thomas, Chris. I will. 
Hey, I will. I'm looking super, forward to that. Uh, super proud, super happy to have you here. I'm psyched for you. I think it's going to be a smashing success. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next event. Yeah, Mark, thanks so much for having me. Um, I, I mean, you're, it's, it's great to get a chance to chat with you and, and, and your listeners. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing, with, seeing you soon. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Securitidal. Securitidal helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Securitidal, S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.